Hello, and welcome to The Link Podcast, the industry's link to learn, innovate, news, and knowledge in global supply chain intelligence, hosted by food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. We cover everything from transportation and warehousing trends and new technologies to food safety and sustainability impacting today's supply chains. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, or Google Playlist apps and give us a thumbs up. This week, we're talking about micro-fulfillment in the grocery and retail space with a market analyst who's go- who gets into the how, the why, and the where about one of the most disruptive trends in the warehousing space right now. So let's link into that conversation now. Hi, everyone. I am here with Ruben Scriven, who is the senior analyst at Interact Analysis. And we are going to talk today a little bit about micro-fulfillment, since it's such an important topic right now as e-commerce grows and you know the pandemic pushed e-commerce even further. And we just want to get closer to consumers. Hi, Ruben. Thank you so much for coming on with me today. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah. So, um, I know you do a lot of work with uh, micro fulfillment and, you know, looking into the things that go on in the industry. Um, and so can you just give us a little bit of a description about what the main difference is between micro fulfillment and a traditional fulfillment center is? Sure. And I think um, you raise a good point there. It's really important to define what it is. I think, um, you know, it's it's on the path to becoming the new industry 4.0 in that it means everything and nothing at the same time. So I think it's very important to define what micro-fulfillment is. Um, so just to run through some definitions, um, you have a live store, which is where shoppers go, a brick and mortar store. Uh, you have a dark store, which is a dedicated facility uh, for fulfillment. So that could be uh, within a closed retail store. It could be within a a, a small warehouse in an industrial site. Um, but importantly, a dark store is less than 50,000 square feet. And anything larger than that is just classified as a fulfillment center. So a CFC, a centralized fulfillment center. Um, now, a micro fulfillment center is less than 32,000 square feet. And that can either be a dark store, so within a standalone facility. So if you have a dark store, which is less than 32,000 square feet, it gets classified as a micro fulfillment center. Or it could be within the back of a live store. So in the back of a Tesco's, for example, in the UK or or a Walmart in the US, you might have a dedicated facility, which is a small uh, fulfillment center, which is less than 32,000 square feet. And that would be classified as a micro fulfillment center. Okay. So so why would companies be using micro fulfillment centers? micro fulfillment centers today? So I think one of the key things is consumers are getting more and more used to getting their orders quicker and quicker. So uh, a couple of years ago, if I place an order, I'll be very happy to receive that within two days. Now, if I place an order, I want that in you know less than two hours. And in order to do that, you need to have the fulfillment operation close to the customer. Um, again, this could either be within a dark store, so within a standalone facility, dedicated to that fulfillment, so an urban warehouse, um, or within a store. And um, it's important to know that most grocery orders, online grocery orders, are still picked in store. In the US, about 97% of the revenue generated from online grocery orders are fulfilled in store. So creating a dedicated facility or a a micro fulfillment center in the back of the store isn't necessarily something 
uh, revolutionary. It's just moving that fulfillment away from the aisles where you're competing against shoppers to the back of the store. And for companies um, such as GoPuff and Wheezy in the UK, which are a pure play online um, grocer, then you would need a dedicated dark store. So that could either be a dark store less than 50,000 square feet above 32,000 square feet or a micro fulfillment center, which would be less than 32,000 square feet. How do companies decide where to locate these micro fulfillment centers like across retail and grocery? Um, So there's two sort of key variables to take into account when deciding where to place a fulfillment center. Firstly is the delivery radius. So in very sparsely populated areas, um, you don't necessarily want to have a large centralized fulfillment operation where the delivery radius is very large because your fuel costs are going to be increase uh, exponentially as radius uh, Mm. increases from the site of fulfillment. So you want to uh, locate those fulfillment centers closer to the customer in those sparsely populated regions. Um, Another variable to take into account is the um, expected speed of delivery. So in markets where, um, you know, two or three day delivery periods um, are expected or are the norm, then you can get away with centralizing the fulfillment operation and and leveraging those scales of economies. Um, But in regions where, again, you're kind of expecting these um, same day deliveries within 30 minutes, a couple of hours, Again, you need to have smaller location or smaller sites rather located closer to the customer. So those are the two key variables, the, the delivery radius and the expected delivery um, of the orders. Now, another thing to bear in mind as well is the uncertainty over um, growth in e-commerce. So for a company which um, might not know for certain how quickly their e-commerce business is going to grow, they might not want to invest, you know, $100 million in a very large uh, centralized fulfillment operation. They might want to scale it up slowly using smaller facilities located close to the customer. So when was this? I know, I know e-commerce has grown and, you know, the online ordering for groceries has grown, but when did micro fulfillment centers really start to become popular and take off? Um, pun intended there. Um, well, with takeoff <laughs> technologies, I guess, um, supposedly coined the term micro-fulfillment. I know some others claim to have been the first to use the term. Um, but I think the the concept of micro-fulfillment, to be honest, has been around since the birth of, of online grocery orders and online orders in general. Um, in-store picking, I guess, could be classified as a form of micro-fulfillment centers because essentially you're, you're sort of decentralizing the picking from a centralized facility to a decentralized approach close to the customer. Now, the idea of having um, a site in the back of a retail store or having a smaller urban warehouse, such as a dark store, that's a fairly new um, approach to fulfillment. So I, I think, um, you know, it really started gaining traction in around 2016, 2017. Um, but we're starting to see um, significant rollouts now in dark stores and micro fulfillment centers um, only around now in 2020 and 2021. Oh, OK. Wow. So fairly recent. <laughs> What technology do these fulfillment centers, the micro fulfillment centers, typically flock to? What are what are what technology are we seeing most here? It really depends on which type of um, company you're talking about. So, in in terms of the um, the rapid delivery companies which are emerging, the GoPuffs, the Instacarts, and the um, the Wheezies of the worlds, uh, these companies are driven primarily from venture capital and the constraints of this funding is to uh, expand the network, build more sites, 
um, uh, gain market share through subsidizing delivery costs, and also by by gaining talent, acquiring talent. Now, automation in these sites is very seldom because uh, at the end of the day, it's, it's very low down in their priority list is to invest in automation when it comes to the dark stores operated by these um, rapid delivery companies. Um, when it comes to the traditional brick and mortar retailers such as Tesco and uh, Walmart, these companies are very um, you know cash rich and they're happy to to spend and significantly invest in um, uh, capital equipment. And the the main technology being used within micro fulfillment centers is goods to person automation. So, a uh, goods to person picking system, whether it's an auto store uh, or a shuttle based system, it typically involves. Uh, a picker standing in one location and the automation mm-hmm. bringing the good directly to that picker. Okay. Yeah, I I feel like we're seeing that a lot in warehousing in general. Mm, yeah, certainly. What do you think the future holds for micro fulfillment? You know, po- hopefully post pandemic, but yeah. I know we're seeing a second wave. But <laughs> um, well, yes, exactly. So I think um, when it comes to again looking at the the market in terms of these two different categories of of um, uh, companies, whether it's the traditional brick and mortar retailers or these rapid on demand delivery companies, um, for the rapid on demand delivery companies, they're going to be opening warehouses and dark stores uh, every week. You know, just a huge proliferation of of dark stores. Um, We did a back of the envelope calculation recently where if uh, rapid delivery companies were able to gain just 15% of the projected online grocery industry by 2025, there would need to be more than 4,000 dark stores across the US just to handle that demand. Um, In the UK, for example, based on the companies we've spoken with, there's going to be more than 250 dark stores live by the end of next year. Oh, wow. So a huge proliferation in dark stores and micro fulfillment centers. Um, But again, looking at these um, rapid on-demand delivery companies, very few of these sites will actually be automated. The majority will be manual. And again, Mm -hmm. that's due to the constraints of the funding. Um, When it comes to the traditional brick and mortar retailers, um, we're expecting to see roughly around um, 600 to 1,000 micro fulfillment centers installed by traditional brick and mortar retailers by 2025. Um, these could be in Europe, such as Tesco's and uh, Ela Clark is, is working hard on this. Um, but in the US as, as well, we're really seeing a strong push towards micro fulfillment, especially uh, from companies like Walmart, which is doubling down on, on micro fulfillment as a strategy. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the questions I have for today. Thank you so much for coming on and, and discussing this with me. No worries. It's been a pleasure. Yeah, I'm excited to see where, you know, the future of micro-fulfillment goes. I think it's a great, interesting concept. I mean, we all love to get our goods as fast as possible. (laughs) And, you know, however that happens, I'm happy with it. I know it's going to completely change and disrupt the market. But I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be a very interesting few years. Absolutely. All right. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode and tune in every Tuesday for our episodes of Link by a food logistics and supply and demand chain executive. If you like what you hear, be sure to give us a thumbs up or a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Jacob Riel for more of what's happening in the supply chain. And do not forget to hit subscribe on the Spotify, Apple, and Google playlist apps so you never miss an episode. <laughs>